We can know Him personally. We can know Him intimately. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. We have to have this relationship that is being developed and being grown with Jesus. That's what God wants with us. That's why Paul goes into talking about his past in Philippians 3.5 where he says, Hey, I was circumcised on the eighth day just like Moses told us to be. Yeah. And he says, I was of the tribe of Benjamin, which is one of the favorite tribes of the 12 tribes of Israel. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Like I did all the religiosity you could ever imagine to do. As to the law, I was a Pharisee, the highest leading sect of them all. Paul even said at the end of verse six, that according to the law, the way that he was brought up, that he was blameless. What an arrogant dog. I was blameless. I did it all perfectly. Yet Paul's heritage, you know, even though it was pure, he kept his Hebrew traditions. He, even though he maintained the legalistic fundamentals of Judaism, that's what caused him to have that zeal and a passion for the Old Testament scriptures. But guess what? It left him lifeless. He was dead on the inside. It left him empty. Let's not have a religious, stale, dead relationship with Jesus. But rather, let's develop a personal relationship with him. That's why it's so important to be immersed in the word of God and Bible study and surrounded with true believers that are going in the same direction, which brings up our point, focusing on today. For Paul looked at his past. He compared it to his present day. And he could say in verse eight, I counted my life As what, he says, rubbish in the New American Standard. Verse 8 in a New Living Translation says, I counted my life as garbage. Talking about all these religious deeds. In the King James Bible, I like it the best. It says, I counted my life as dung. Wow. And that's the best translation here. Dung, waste. It was no value to him. So even though he gets done talking about all these accolades of religious superiority, he counted it all as dung in verse 8, of no value. Why again? Because it left him completely empty on the inside. That there's no life in dead religion. That's why so many here in America have left the church. This is like the lowest church attendance that America has ever seen today. But why not leave the church? If the majority of the church is just dead, why go and waste your time anyway? 
Why even go? As many of us have witnessed firsthand, our family, friends, and co-workers have just, you know, they have no interest in church. Why? Because there's no value that they see for themselves in church. Yes, Paul at one time was so full of zeal for Judaism that he even persecuted the first Christians because he thought it was something that was a cult of some kind. So he beat them down. He put them in prison. He even had some killed. And today we see many people condemning Christianity all over again. People cannot condemn Islam, can't they? What? What are you, Islamophobic? What's wrong with you? You can't condemn Islam. You can't condemn alternative lifestyles like homosexuality or transgenderism. What are you, homophobic? Are you transphobic? I mean, you know, you're some kind of a bigot, a a racist. You're not politically correct. But you can condemn the church. You can make fun of Christians, say they're all a bunch of crazy idiots. You can do that because that's okay here in this world. You can mock Christians. But just like us, Paul was changed when he accepted Jesus Christ as his Messiah. Let's read what happened in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, that I may be found in him, Paul said. I want to be found in Jesus, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. Oh, I helped feed the hungry. Oh, I did good deeds. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want my own righteousness, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness or right standings, which comes from God on the basis of faith. And that's how it all started. Remember with Abraham? Abraham believed God, and Abraham was the friend of God. So way before Moses, way before the law, it was all about having a true belief in God and trusting him and having a relationship with him. He goes on in verse 10 and says, Paul says, that I may know him, Jesus, in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to live. I want to rise again after I die. When this body dies, I want to rise like Christ rose in the resurrection. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained it or became this perfect Christian or have already uh, become perfect, uh, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that which has also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, listen up here, verse 13. I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Wow, that should be something that is just written across our forehead, written across our heart. I want to know him. I want to be like him. I want to share him with others. Yes, Paul, the religious He came to know Jesus, Paul, who excelled in religiosity. You couldn't get any more religious than what Paul was. He was over all the others, but he was now willing to deny all of his worldly fame, all of his accolades, all of his diplomas on the wall, certificates of excellence, all for one reason, to live for Jesus 
no longer, amen. No longer would the world revolve around how Paul would climb the religious ladder. Now for him to live was Christ and to die was gain. If you go back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, he says, For me to live is Christ, and if I die, that's even better. I'll go to heaven. It's like, wow, I want to serve God with all of my life here. I want to reach out my arms and take as many people to heaven that I can with me. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm born again. And I know this world is coming to an end. And I want to make a difference. I want to take as many people with me as I can. Paul's faith was now rest in what Jesus did on the cross and not what Paul would do in his own strength. Paul would now stand in Jesus' righteousness, not his own righteousness. For any one of us can go out and be zealous. We can all walk the walk for a moment. We can talk the talk in front of others. But who we really are on the inside, that's what matters. For God desires us to be the same on the inside as we profess on the outside. Paul no longer desired to walk, you know, of in, in some empty, dead religion. Paul said in verse 10 that he wanted to know him. That word know means to know him personally. I mean, think of the magnitude of this. God has allowed us that if we pursue him, we can know him personally. We can know him intimately at a level that was never even thought possible before. I mean, this is just crazy. We can know God, the creator of all things like this, but it's true. Understand the difference. We all know famous people, right? We know like Bradley Cooper, we know like, you know, the singer Lady Gaga, you know, but we don't know them in a way where we can go over to their house and kick back and watch the Super Bowl with them and say things like, yo, Gaga, pass them over that guacamole. What? You ate the last of it? You're killing me. You know, see, we don't have that relationship with them, but we can have that relationship with God. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that amazing? Yet... We can know him in that way. Listen to the intimacy of David's prayer in Psalm 61. Verse 1, it says, Hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you. When my heart is faint and troubled, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a refuge to me. You've been a tower of strength against my enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Wow. I mean, David knew the Lord. That's why God says he's a man after my own heart. And the thing about it is each and every one of us could be a man or a woman after God's own heart, just like what David was, because God's inviting that. He wants that. See, David prayed like he meant it. He prayed that God would answer him. I wonder if we pray like that. Do you pray like God answer this, Lord? I know because you're my refuge and my rock. I wonder what would happen in our lives if we did pray like that. 
What would happen in our church if we all prayed like that? What would happen? What kind of revival would we see with all the emptiness that's around us? Everyone has blown God off and everyone is so stinking empty. It needs people like us to get in their grill. Why don't we as believers do that with non-believers around us? Like, you need to come to my church. You need to come to my church. (laughs) It's like, but you know, we need to get real with this. Why? Because the devil's playing for keeps. If the rapture happened today, we would all rejoice. I'd be rejoicing. We're there, we're there. It's it, we're there. Okay, but it's like, Everyone we know that doesn't know the Lord is here. And it's going to be a hellhole. When the Holy Spirit of God is taken away from this world, the United States is going to crumble like a cheap deck of cards. It's just going to fall apart so quickly. When wickedness is just unleashed, oh, it's going to be the most miserable place. Do you want your family and friends? You want your neighbors left here? If you do, what's wrong with you? It's like, have a heart that God has. It's like, don't allow that to happen. You know, get in people's grill. Let's make this year, let's make this year the year that we reach out to all those that are around us. A fresh start for all of us and how we live our lives for Christ this year. How we pray, how we conduct our lives, how we reach out to those around us. It could all start today. We could all do what Paul said. Look again at verse 13. But the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me, I don't care how weak and feeble I've been in the past. I don't care how many sins I've fallen to. Forgetting those things which are behind. But I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Could you imagine you just go all in for Christ? And then the rapture happens, and then all of a sudden you're standing there, and the Lord Jesus looks into your eyes and calls you by name. He calls you by name. He says, Gretchen, Vilma, you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. (laughs) Could you imagine hearing that? Tina, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You use your business for the glory of God. I mean, it's like, could you imagine? It's like, just imagine that. It's like it would just be the most glorious thing ever, ever. Yes, all of our failures, all of our letdowns, our shortcomings, all the places we didn't seem to measure up, all the past. Now it's time to move on, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to what it can be looking forward. Maybe today we could think of maybe one or two areas that have always been a weakness for us. Think about that. Well, have weaknesses, right? What if, what if that one or two areas that has always been just a ball and chain to you as a believer? It's like, my life would be so victorious as a believer if I didn't have this one area or this two areas in my life. Well, why don't we just take those things to the Lord? Lord, help me in these areas here. Help me today. Let me get a grip on these things. Help me to to just make a difference in the way that I live and the people that I come in contact with. See, if we really want it, then we must act like we want it. We must be persistent in those prayers. We must seek him. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, ask 
and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, it will be open for him. So God says, look, you need to ask me. You need to be consistently asking me. Keep praying, keep seeking, keep knocking. You know, our first point was gazing behind. As Paul looked behind on all of his accolades, all of his fanfare of him being a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee, blameless in man's eyes, yet he could not deny the big, fat, empty void that sat in the middle of his heart. He considered everything that he obtained, obtained up to that coming into that personal relationship with Christ is nothing more than dung, waste. And then we looked at Paul's presence today. You know, he came to know him. God became personal to him. He could talk to him. He could be used by him. And just like the way that David knew God and had that relationship. And because of that intimacy, he was able to forget that he was a persecutor of the church. I mean, how can you get past, I used to kill Christians. I would beat Christians. I would separate husband and wife and throw them in prison. How do you get past the guilt of that? But he was able to because he knew Christ in a real way. He was able to forget his past, all of his failures, all of his emptiness. He was able to let it all go because you can't change it anyway. But he was able to look forward now. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And God totally used Paul for Christianity, as you know, exploded because of this one man's desire to be everything that God wanted him to be. Starting churches all around the known world and writing one half of the New Testament that we hold in our hands here today under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Which brings up our quick third and final point, watching our future. Picking up in verse 20 of chapter 3 of Philippians, says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into the conformity with his body of his glory. That's right, we're going to have a new body in heaven. It's never going to get sick. No COVID, no nothing, no Omicron, nothing. It's like it's going to be healthy, no cancer. By the exertion of the power which he has put, or which even is subject to all things to himself. Wow. So Paul was always looking to the future. There's a reason that we have been given the privilege of living in these last days. We're the end bookstand of humanity. Adam and Eve were the first bookend. We're the last bookend. We're living at the end of time. We are the voice of reason in this darkness. Everything is getting ready for the one world order of the Antichrist. 
We have now the cryptocurrencies now. You're going to see the dollar completely fade away as everything becomes electronic so that when the Antichrist takes over, people will take the mark of the beast. Everything will be done electronically. Your whole life is electronic. Everything. You, you can't buy or sell unless you do it electronically, and they'll track everything that you do. That's why you're seeing these cryptocurrencies. That's why the Staples Center is no longer the Staples Center. Now it's crypto whatever it is, you know. And so... It is what it is. This is, we're in the end times. This is the end of the end. And you think, well, people aren't going to get stamped with their hands and everything. Oh, please, look how many people went and got the vaccination. That doesn't work, by the way. You know, it's like everyone, we have a whole thing of COVID because everyone that's got the vaccination is all getting COVID again. So, you know, it's like, but look how many people just followed the Pied Piper and did what they wanted to do. This is where we're living. We are in the last days, but God is allowed us. We have to look at this as a privilege. We get to live in Los Angeles, the most liberal city in the United States, alongside New York. And it's like we get to live here and we get to be the bearers of truth in this darkness that we live in. Yes, amen. Paul had a flaming passion for evangelism. His heart burned for a living a holy life. Again, why? Because he not only knew the end, he knew that Jesus was coming. He believed it was coming. He, he, he did that. He believed it. And this earth is just an outpost. He understood that this is like a temporary living place, this body that we live in. It's just a tent. But our eternal destiny is heaven. That's where our citizenship is. Me and my wife, we have both lost our mothers. Both of our dads are not far from stepping over that line. And, and it's just like, I'm sure that you've lost many loved ones. And it's just like, it, it's, it's going to happen. It's just, it's going to happen. Paul's hope was in the coming of our gracious King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, his citizenship was in heaven, and our citizenship is in heaven also. I wonder if you know that. Do you really believe that? This knowledge caused a striking change in the way that Paul lived. Has that changed the way that you live? That's why Paul wanted to know Christ. He wanted to be Christ-like, to know him in his suffering. Jesus came to die for sinners. Paul was willing to die to let people know that this message was real. I wonder if we would ever do something like that. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 9.3. He says, for I wish that I myself were accursed. That's from the Greek word anathema, meaning I wish I was as far separated from God as humanly possible for the sake of my own brethren, my fellow Jew, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now, God would not have taken Paul's life for the other Jews. Everyone's got to come on their own. But I'm sure God said, I like that. You're willing to live for me to the end. You're willing to give your life for others. Listen, we only live so long here. Betty White just died, as you know, on New Year's Eve. You know, she was 99 years old. She was 17 days short of reaching 100 years old. In fact, all the magazines around the checkout at Ralph's and the grocery stores and everything, you know, all were doing these, you know, specials on Betty White being, she's going to turn 100 years old. They didn't realize, uh, well, she didn't quite make it. 
17 days short. That's still a long life, though. Could anyone ever expect to live longer than Betty White in this day and age? I mean, 100 years old almost, that's pretty good. But now she stands before God. Does she know Christ? Larry King died this year also. I forget how old he was. He was like 90 or something, but whatever he was. But it's like I shared the gospel with Larry King, but he didn't give his life to Christ, not in front of me at least. I shared with him for like 35 minutes, and he didn't give his life to Christ. Now, maybe he did. Maybe he thought about it and gave his life later, but I don't know. But it's just like what happens when we die? It's like what happens before you die is what matters when you die. And we have that voice of reason. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789 Los Angeles, California 90034. 